Hey everyone. Welcome to our mini episode. This is mini episode number five. And our mini episodes are just uh, compiled of stories that I find on the internet, or I may read in books, or I saw on TV. So I hope you enjoy. Courtner Road. Courtner Road in Pueblo is the place to be on Halloween night. Forgot to tell you guys, this is going to be a Halloween-themed episode because I love Halloween, and there's plenty of stories out there for it. Okay, so, Courtner Road is the place to be on Halloween night. Okay, everyone goes there, freaks each other out, goes home, and gets drunk. That's all there is to do in Pueblo. But, on any other night, it's just a regular road with regular houses. One morning at around 1 a.m., my cousin Matt and I were goofing around after hours thinking we were cool. We drove by the old Courtner house. It was really scary. I had been past it a few times, but I had never really looked at it. It's burnt down and half of it is gone, but the basement is still there. Matt parked the car. He turned off all the lights and told me the story. Old man Courtner lived there with his wife and two kids. He was a member of the KKK. He would kill African Americans in his basement. One day he went crazy and killed his dog. When his wife asked him about it, he chased her through the woods around their house. Finally, he caught up with her and shot her. He shot his son too. But the daughter, he hung her in a tree so people driving by could see her. I could feel shivers and I told Matt to drive the car. He took off slowly. He glanced in the mirror to see cars behind us. He hit the brakes and smacked the rearview mirror. He looked at me and then kept driving. Nothing was said. It was too scary for the both of us. I glanced up in the mirror and saw the scariest face looking at me from the back seat. I turned to the back seat and it was gone. Matt kept driving. We were way too afraid to tell each other what we saw. We drove a little further and we saw a little girl walking across the street in a light pink dress. I started to scream and Matt swerved so he wouldn't hit her. We wrecked right in front of the tree that Courtner hung his daughter in. I checked the gas gauges before I passed out. They were flying from 20 to 90, back and forth. Matt was flying around the entire car. I had my seatbelt. For some reason, it unbuckled and hit me in the face. Just before I hit my head on the dash, I saw Courtner. I know it was him, standing in front of the car. Our car jolted and I was knocked out. When I woke up, Matt was sitting motionless in the driver's seat. I asked how long I had been out. Only a few minutes, he said. He got out of the car to check the damage. We had hit an electric fence and two barbed wire fences and a tree. The car had barely any damage. We were about to go back. We were about to back the car out when the back end lifted up. Matt got out and went to check what we were stuck on. Nothing. We drove home. A few nights later, we had to prove to our friends that the Courtner stories weren't just talk. They were real. Matt was in the back seat with his friends, Trent and Clint, and my friend Jennifer was up front with me. I pulled the car up to the entrance to the house. I shut it off just like Matt did. Our plan was to go in the basement, but when we all got out, Matt didn't. We thought at first he was scared, but his door wouldn't open. We pulled on the lock with pliers and tried to pry the door open. It wouldn't budge. 
Finally, we all decided to get back in the car. We drove a little ways down the road, and I saw Cortner in my rearview mirror. Jennifer saw him out of her side mirror, too. He stood watching us in the middle of the road, behind our car. I didn't want to scare Matt. He was already shaken up. A little while later, my seatbelt tightened. Now it didn't just pull. It tightened so hard that my seat got knocked backward. I started to cry and threw the seatbelt off of me. We couldn't believe it. We finally got back on South Road. We went to take Trent, Clint, and Matt home. When we got out, we saw from the outside on the back window. Matt and Courtney, Courtner Road. Ever since that night, if anyone mentions Courtner Road, Matt can't see out of his left eye and I get a bloody nose. Every time. Never again will Courtner be viewed as a party place on Halloween. It wants me and my cousin to go back and never come home. This story is called Halloween Prank. Halloween night, I had to work the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift at the ER, but I did get to watch some of the live Ghost Hunter TV shows. It was a quiet night considering that it was Halloween, no trick-or-treaters, and I actually fell asleep for a few hours before I had to go to work. Earlier that day, I won the Halloween costume contest at my job, and I was tired from being up so early in the day. I mentioned the TV show because it seems like some of my ghostly happenings occur shortly after watching a show on a paranormal subject. Like the ghosts know I'm open for a visit or something, but they do act up at other times too. Work was slow, not busy for a holiday night, and I was tired and anxious to get home and go to bed. Well, when I opened the front door, I was startled for a moment because sitting right in the middle of the hallway were my shoes stacked in a straight line again, just like Easter. It was done with a different pair of shoes as the ones it used to stack have since been thrown away because the soles had a hole in it. I got chills, and at the same time, I was excited to see the ghost play a Halloween prank. I'm writing this at work, but when I got home, I will try to send the picture that I took of the stacked shoes. Another happening, but I don't know if we can blame the ghost. Last week, I was away on a trip with my sister. S stayed home to watch the dog. All of a sudden, he heard a loud crash and the sound of glass breaking. What it turned out to be was a very large, heavy mirror that was propped up against a wall in the laundry room. So how did the mirror just fall forward, hit the sink, and crash to the floor? The door was closed, no wind could get in, and the dog was asleep at S's feet. Our question is, how could a big heavy mirror just tip over and shatter? There was no vibration or wind or any other natural happening that could have pushed it over. And if it slid down to break, why was the glass face down and not right side up? Do you think the ghost was mad that I was away? The next story is the house next to my best friend's. About a year ago in October, my best friend had a, Hall a Halloween party. I was unable to go because, to be perfectly honest, I was really mad at her. It was a week before Halloween and all of my friends went to her party. They asked not to have their names in this, so we'll call them J, M, C, and R. There were other people there but this affected them the most. I don't remember everything they told me about it, but I know I was curious about the house. So like the brilliant teenagers we were, we decided to break in. We went to M's Nana's house and took some of her bobby pins before going next door. We tried the front door and when it didn't budge, we went around to the back. Since it was my idea, we all agreed that I would be the one to unlock the door. 
so I bent down and I worked the bobby pins into the lock. A few minutes later, I started to get this really weird feeling, like I was shaking and nervous and my heart was pounding. I'd like to say it was excitement or even just plain fear. But the truth is, I was terrified. Just as I heard the lock click, M fell off the porch and C started having what can only be described as a panic attack. We took off running from the house to the gate, and as we ran, I heard someone calling after us. I don't remember whose name it was, but it was clearly mine or M's, and then, wait! When we got down the driveway, we all paused to catch our breath and look up at the house. There is a huge window right above the garage, which takes up a majority of the front of the house, and in that window, M, C, and I all saw the same thing. The shadow of a man with deep red eyes. This part is going to be basically unbelievable if you don't believe in people who have powers and such. But C is an empath. No, not like a Jasper from Twilight empath. She can't control your emotions, but she feels them strongly. So we were walking down the street, it's a dead end, towards this like ditch thing, and all of a sudden she collapsed in the middle of the road and started bawling her eyes out. None of us knew what to do. Here was our best friend in the middle of the road sobbing, and nothing we could say could stop her. After about three minutes, she stopped crying and stood up and told us that she felt like she had been attacked. Her face was pale and her hands were shaking, and she said it had broken through all of her barriers. For those of you who don't understand this, we are all some form of pagan, or at least take on some part of the beliefs. This includes protection spells and other such things, and there was nothing she could do to stop it. That was when we decided to go back to M's Nana's and pretend like it never happened. We all spent the night that night, and I had a dream about the house. The first thing that's weird about it is, I don't have dreams, ever, when I sleep. It's nothing but black. The second weird thing is, I have never seen the inside of that house, but M has, having lived next door to it and being best friends with the little girl that used to live there. And she told me I described the inside of it perfectly. A couple weeks later, J, C, R, J's younger sister, and I all reluctantly agreed to go spend the night at M's again. An hour or so after we got there, Jay's little sister started crying, saying that mommy was outside and she wanted us all to come out and talk to her. Earlier that day, C, R, M, and I said protection prayers around her house and therefore he could not get in. We told Jay's sister that no, we're not going outside and that that mom's not out there. Ten minutes later, there was a knock on the door, and even though we told her not to, Jay opened the door, both the screen and the actual door. No one was there. The air in the room got heavier. The six of us got fidgety, and some of us were plain out scared. But me, I was as calm as could be. I was also the only one sitting on the couch at the time. I feel the need to add at this part that after much terrifying experience with this particular whatever he is, that we know how he works. He lulls you into a false sense of security. He makes you feel safe, like nothing could harm you, until he does. M told me as calmly as she could that I need to get the F off that couch right now. When I asked her why, she replied, because your head is in, the effing, in his effing lap now. Get up. To which I immediately jumped up and ran across the house. C M. J and I, B 
being the strongest people there spiritually, said a prayer and then immediately began to say our protection spell. I pray to you with all my might, O gracious goddess of day and night. Thrice around the circles, bound evil sinking into the ground, we repeated this spell until we were sure he was gone. I feel the need to tell you all what happened around Christmas, involving the same man, quote-unquote, and the same house, but I think this is getting to be too long, so let me end on this note. Two months ago, an extremely nice gay couple moved into that house. I went over to M's house with Jay to help her clean a couple days ago, and the first thing I saw when I pulled up was a moving van next door. I don't care if you believe if this is true or not, because the six of us know that it is. That's scary, guys. Okay. 